So what are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual, zero, nothing. <laughs> and just like that, we're back into it. Week three, here we come, baby. <laughs> it's always, in fairness, the hardest part to a podcast is is what to say to you when I first when I first get here. Like that music fades out, and I have to talk. That's the whole point of this podcast. You can't. You can't just not talk because people think you're crazy and no one would tune into that anyway because that's just, you may as well just be meditating by yourself. You're tuning here for, for information or at least thought, not information actually. Don't, don't come here for information. You're just going to be disappointed. Don't come here for like a really educated take on uh, what's going on in, in, in the world because I've got plenty of opinions. <laughs> I've got so many opinions. I'm just not convinced that the opinions that I have are still going to be the same in six months, or if they're even true right now. I don't know. I, uh, I'm, I'm uptight a little bit. I, I got, here's what happened. So I don't use, I don't use Facebook very often. And, uh, and whenever I tune in, I'm there for two minutes. And I go, you know, this doesn't really, what's the point of, of being here? I go there for a little bit. I go there for like a, a little bit of an emotional punch just to see who's posting real triggering comments that I completely disagree with, who, like what the comment section of those comments look like. That's always my favorite part. Just to see people who genuinely believe they're going to solve or convince anyone else <laughs> that what their opinion is, is, uh, is right. I've never ever, and please tell me, please tell me if you have seen this. I've never ever seen one person's opinion changed through a Facebook conversation. You know when someone's struggling with a Facebook conversation as well, because if there's one place where you can actually be cautious and edit your comment and make sure your spelling's right and make sure the references are like Harvard style and make it look like you're actually a smart guy when, when really you're just a dumbass. If you can't do that on Facebook, there's no way you can do it because you can't edit yourself so well in live conversation. Like In live conversation, does this happen to you guys as well? You'll chuck out some information and all, the moment it leaves your lips, you go, that's, that's wrong. I didn't say it as well as I should have. I can see these people disagree with me. And now it's made it awkward because I know they're right. And now I also know that I look like a Muppet who is really, really uneducated on this topic. Does that, do you guys ever have that? I'm three weeks into this podcast and I've always already realized this happened. This is like a platform for that. So I'm, I'm so glad you're back. But in, uh, Facebook's one of those places where I, I don't really go there for to form my views. Like if I'm going to try and form my views, I'll listen to people who are educated in the scene. I'll try and listen to doctors. Though who know who? Like do you genuinely know who doctors are anymore? <laughs> There's so many experts and so many of these experts just butt heads. One of my mates is saying the other day that in order to find out who the expert is, like you have to go and listen to these experts and listen to these experts and they've both got such different experts. So you have to become the expert on who's actually right and you're not an expert. You're just, you're just a bloke who's got like a YouTube account <laughs> and access to Google, which is heavily biased, I've realized. DuckDuckGo doesn't really offer very helpful information because... Uh, I don't know. It just doesn't quite. It just doesn't quite seem to get what I'm asking for. But but they say it's privacy simplified. So as a result, I've just found myself using DuckDuckGo. That's that's just how I'm going to bring the system down. Just one <laughs> one DuckDuckGo search at a time. But this week on Facebook, I um something happened which it just blew my mind. So there's a, a bloke. I like him. Like a really good bloke from comedy. Really good bloke that I do comedy with. I went to write him a message on his wall. Hey man, how you doing? What's going on? Anyway, as I clicked on his as I clicked on his page, it said uh, "add friend," and I was like, "What? This, we are friends. What are you talking?" But the thing is, a little bit of context. Me and this guy uh, had been talking back and forth a little bit on a status. Now, granted, this guy he he'd put in some hard work with the research. I put up a controversial status a couple of weeks ago about how I'm not doing lockdown because I had a moment of inspiration. I thought I'm just I'm not I'm I just want to tell people where I'm at. Didn't realize how controversial that rule was. <laughs> I did. I thought I thought I was going to be in real good company. I thought yeah, surely these people will realize that the the government's taken the piss a little bit now with how these lockdowns are still going two years later when originally they said two. Weeks weeks to flatten the curb but that's another conversation for another day but uh it was it was quite confronting i looked at the status a couple of hours later and uh, i would say 98 percent of people were like tice you are uh, you are a complete retard <laughs> have you been listening to anything that's been going on 
I'm like, well, not. I haven't been listening a lot on on mainstream media because it's such a it's such a biased conversation. It's such a frustrating conversation. So I've been doing my own research a little bit, which is which is a questionable way to start. Which is very questionable. I don't really know what to look for, who to trust. But I'm just I'm just trying to lay the cards on the table for you. So anyway, I chucked out this status and I said, hey, I won't be doing lockdown because this is this is just a joke. And. Uh, me and this other guy went back and forth a little bit. I sent him an inbox message. I go, dude, look, this is taking up a lot of my time trying to really formulate my ideas. Can we? You want to just have a chat on the phone or maybe we can chat next time in person. I said, look, I promise next time you post on my status, I'm going to read it, and, and I did, and I'm going to look at the information that you gave me, and I did. Um, but bro, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna respond. And he goes, man, that's that's a really good idea. I probably should start focusing on doing some more sets and uh, creating some comedy and stuff like that, rather than than just going back and forth. But I enjoy having these conversations with a bloke like you. It's like awesome, man. Gave it a love heart just to let him know that I was, I uh, really feeling what he had to say. And then. 10 minutes later, he posted on my status going, now, Tyus, I know you inboxed me saying that uh, you're not going to respond to this, but I do have some questions for you. <laughs> I said, wait a sec. Like, I contacted you personally, so you wouldn't think I was a jerk. But I'm not. So I didn't respond to it because I, I, I didn't want to. It was taking up too much time. Anyway, I go to write on his page, see how you're going. It said, add friend. So I thought, this can't be right. So I messaged him. I go, mate, we we all good. Like, I noticed, I know this is like the thing you do when you get angry at someone, when you're frustrated at someone, you show them. Like, like in 2021, when you're not man enough to actually call and have that conversation, the way that you solve a problem like this is you just delete them off social media, isn't it? <laughs> like a little bitch. And, uh, and it, well, that was that's quite harsh. But that's just, that's how I feel about it. It's like, just call. I'm... I'm gonna hear you out. I promise I'm not gonna bite your head up. You know me. We've done, I give you a cuddle every time I see you. So I said, uh, said, mate, um, dude, there's no hard feelings between us, is there? He goes, no, nah, man. I'm just cleaning out my wall. I'm sick of I'm sick of the misinformation being spread across the internet. And I, I was thinking, oh gee, I'm I'm one. Of, I've been fact checked. <laughs> I've been I've bloody been fact checked. And uh, first of all, no one should be taking my opinion seriously. If you're taking my opinion seriously, you're getting your information from the wrong place. Like, I really hope you're enjoying these these first couple of podcasts. But if you're listening to this guy, man, this guy knows what he's talking about. Please, please cross that off your list. Like, that is not true. I'm, I'm here to tell you that's not true. This is pure entertainment. This is not here for me to bring you any enlightenment on any topics, especially around coronavirus and health. Well, health issues, I was about to say. But health issues, yeah, I, I could usually give some pretty good advice on that but but vaccines and stuff maybe not i'm not i'm not qualified apparently but how crazy is that crazy to you like for me that's just a little bit strange to experience because i i I grew up in the church still believe in god like really interested in faith and religion and i mean everyone thinks i'm a muppet like i would say 98 percent of my friends on social media would be atheists or at least agnostic like they've got no interest in, in spirituality whatsoever maybe maybe let's say 90 just to be cautious and i've seen some statuses which is they're pretty brutal about the god scene which is fine but it blows my mind that like people should just have the right to share their their thoughts shouldn't they is that like as long as you're not trying to encourage people to to beat the shit out of someone as long as you're not encouraging someone to try and hurt someone surely it's fine just to be able to share a few thoughts isn't it i'm not saying we have to agree like we can talk it out but the idea that we can't be friends on facebook anymore because my opinion hurt your opinion's feelings seems a little bit soft it's weird isn't it it's weird like i i I guess all throughout history we've struggled with other other people's opinions like i remember growing up my my family used to say hey we don't talk about religion politics or what's the other thing is is it sex is it sex, religion, politics? What's the other one? It's it's not sex. I feel like I've just chucked that out there. Now I look silly because I said sex. It's just on my mind. It's just not, it's just been what I'm thinking about. <laughs> anyway, religion, politics. You don't talk about it at the dinner table. That one's been around for a long time. So I guess I guess it's not new that there's some topics that people just get fired up over. But the idea that you can you can let someone's opinion be so offensive to to you that you can't even like you you can't even be a Facebook friend? I don't know. That just that just seems strange to me. I messaged him. I go, what are you doing? There's no hard feelings on my side. In fact, next time I catch up with you, I'm going to give you the biggest cuddle. That's exactly what I said. I said, dude, there's no hard feelings on my end. Next time I see you, I'm going to give you a cuddle. You know what he said? He goes, you can cuddle me as long as you're vaccinated. I thought, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. 
I'm not even talking about that anymore. I'm not even talking about vaccination anymore because it has blown my mind how crazy some of the talk is around what vaccinated versus unvaccinated people can do. Like all you got to do is read five minutes of history to realize that segregation's never really worked out. Well, it didn't work great for the Jews. It didn't work well amongst the the African Americans in in America. And the segreg- we look back at that. The same people who are going. Um, man, this is just disgusting. These privileged white males, they segregated, they built themselves up on this status and this platform uh, that's created a disgusting culture. Uh, also, like, yeah, you can come to my party as long as you've got the vaccine, you dirty freak. <laughs> oh, can we genuinely not see that? That seems insane. It seems insane. So that's my new thing now. I just go, if people, if anyone says to me, hey, Tyson, you're vaccinated, uh, the champ, my friend said to me, uh, he goes, mate, I just, I just say... I don't discuss it anymore. I think that's my new thing. I think I'm just going to say I don't discuss it anymore because it it sort of terrifies me. It just it, it upsets me to see the the kind of conversations that are taking place around around this vaccine versus no vaccine thing. I personally I personally think it's disgusting that that anyone could could say that they're not going to hang out with you unless you're vaccinated. Like it's just like, this has never been a thing before. Like there's People, people try and draw this correlation between like the flu vaccine and they try and draw the correlation between like uh, polio and things like that. And I sort of get it because obviously these are, these are fantastic, these are fantastic immunizations, they're fantastic treatments to, or at least like little immune system boosters to help you out along the way. But none of those have ever been, no one's ever said to me before I hugged them, hey, one sec, bro, have you, have you had your flu vaccine? Because I can't, I can't hug you if you, did you get polio as a kid? <laughs> did you, polio, yeah, did you get, is it polio? This is what I'm saying. You don't come here for information. You don't come here for education. You just come here for free rambles. So that's that's why I don't like it. My my new comment is if if someone says to me, um, "Do you did you get the vaccination?" I'm just going to say, "Are you on your period?" That's <laughs> because it's sort of even if it's a guy, I'm going to say it. Even if a guy asks me that question, I'm going to ask him if he's on his period, just because I feel as though it's got that much. It's a, it's a it's sort of a weird question anyway. I'm lucky I'm married because I feel as though I feel as though as I put these questions out there, I uh, I don't know. There's been a little bit of backlash. There's been a little bit of backlash. There's been, but I like people who swing a little bit. I like people who are slightly offensive. I've always been attracted to that kind of personality where someone starts talking. My my favorite scenario to be in, honestly, favorite scenario to be in, is you're in a room full of people, and you've got. A group of people who are highly sensitive to a subject and then you got another one or two people who know how sensitive they are to that subject and they have a complete opposite view and they just just bring it up <laughs> they just bring it up to see what happens and i just in that situation my fa- i just love sitting back and going this is this is just beautiful this is so beautiful because I find it fascinating how different people respond to to tense conversations and tense situations. And um, as long as it's not me, if it's me, that's not funny. If it's me, you should back up. All right, you should know that I'm not good at holding <laughs> hiding my emotions so well. If you know that I'm not good at hiding my emotions so well, don't press my buttons. But if it's if it's my mates and and they're offended by what these guys, go for it. But if it's any issue I care about, don't do it because it's I'm a crier. I'm a cry. I get emotional. I've, I've cried on the phone to Telstra before. Not because I'm a little bitch. It's because I got so frustrated. When I, when I get frustrated, I cry. I'm so, it's embarrassing to say. I'm a, I, I, I get so angry. And then just a little step beyond anger is crying. I, I wish I was the kind of guy that was just a little, a little step beyond like anger was just complete rage. But for me, a little step beyond anger is, is I cry and get vulnerable. You know, and I try and open up a conversation which is meaningful to, because for me that relationship is so is so meaningful. I don't want to upset the apple cart. I don't want these people to think different. And there we go. I, I cry. So as long as it's not to me, I'm I'm happy. And that's why that's why it's lucky I'm married a little bit. I think because there's so many controversial topics out there at the moment that if I didn't if I didn't have a if I didn't have a wife, I was going to say a girlfriend. She's my girlfriend still, whatever. But if I didn't have a wife. I just don't know how well I could bite my tongue in conversation, and the pickup scene's never been never been a real like a really uh, impressive part of my resume. So I um in two thousand and six, how old was I? I was nineteen years old. I used to each day I used to go in and I would buy a boost juice, and and every day there's this there was this gorgeous girl, and uh, 
she's she's a glamour she's a glamour and i used to get you know that feeling where you go in you get a little bit nervous and but it's a challenge you you want to talk you want to you want to sort of look as though you're a little bit more cool and you're confident and underneath you you're sort of shooting yourself but on the surface you're acting calm you got your shoulders back you're trying to breathe calmly but really you're panting Anyway, I saw this girl. I said, hey, how you going? It wasn't that good. I was like, hello, how are you? I said, but just for the sake of this story, let me paint myself in a better light. I said, hey, how you doing? You know, Joey style, how are you? And uh, she said, hey, really good. It's my birthday today. I was like, oh, fantastic. How old are you? She goes, I'm 18. I go, perfect. Like, this is in my head. I was thinking, I'm 19. She's 18. She's a glamour. I'm okay. I mean, I hadn't fully peaked just yet. I keep getting better as I get older. But 19, I was still looking pretty good. I was a distance runner. I was quite skinny. You know, I thought I looked better than I did. So as a distance runner, I could see my muscles. Uh, I could see that I looked defined. And in my head, I thought I was quite muscular. I thought, I look back at photos now and I thought, oh, wow. Thank God for gym memberships and protein bars because, I, I don't know, I just constantly say to my wife, you've, you've honestly got yourself a really good long-term investment here. Like Imagine me, so look at me at 19, now I'm 34, bang, imagine me at 50. You are living your best life. As you're getting all wrinkly, you've got your grey hair, you're going to be walking around with this stud. <laughs> never goes down well but but what i was saying is is so this girl goes yeah it's my birthday i said oh fantastic that's good and and in true popplestone style i thought well tice it's her birthday you got to go get her a present i thought what a nice little entry into into the relationship with this with this woman that i've just met who's about to be my wife and so i went and bought her a birthday card and uh what did i get just a little birthday that's all it was a little birthday card so i said hey I can't remember her name, but hey, uh, happy birthday. Uh, always nice to have a little smile behind the counter, blah, 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 whatever, something flirtatious. I was just trying to show my best game. Um, hey, if you're interested in catching up, getting a coffee, give me a call. And I wrote my phone number there. I sealed it up. I gave her the card. She had a little chuckle with her with her girlfriends behind the counter. I walked away with a little strut. I got 30 meters away and realized in the card I'd written my old phone number. And... Uh, <laughs> And I wasn't anticipating a phone call necessarily, but I was upset about the fact that, that I was never, if by some miracle this chick decided to call me, I, I wanted to know about it. But you can't, you can't go back and be like, oh, this is so embarrassing. Can I, just, can I just change the details in that card? Because then all her friends know that you've written your phone number in the card. She knows that you were a little bit flustered and you weren't focusing as you were writing the card. So I, I, just, had to, <laughs> I just had to leave it. I just had to leave it. And I thought, okay, well, what's the best thing to do in this situation? And, and uh, you know, I worked through a few sums and I realized the best thing in this situation is just to never, ever go back there again. Because, because if, she's, if she's messaged me and I haven't responded, then all of a sudden it looks like a jerk that, that I've lost interest. Anyway, a year and a half later, um, I'd moved to Ballarat. I'd moved to Ballarat and uh, I was sitting on MySpace and a little notification popped up in my inbox. And it, was, uh, it said, hey, you. And I was like, oh, who, what's going on here? And I, I, opened this, I opened this email and it was this chick going, man, you never responded to my text. So, so first of all, I, I look like an asshole. But second of all, I left with the confidence that she had been trying to... So it was a little bit of a power trip. You know what it's like? It's so much nicer being pursued than it is to be the pursuer because it's, it's hard to be the pursuer without looking like a little bitch that gets so sensitive about... Uh, that just looks so sensitive about about how much interest you're receiving from the other person. So that was that was 2007. Look, I was living in, in Ballarat at the time. She was 700 kilometers away. It was going to go nowhere, but it was just nice to realize that you'd had the message. But what I'm saying is the problem, the problem. Look, I've just, I've twisted this into a story about this girl who's eventually messaged me back and looks like she's interested in me. When the truth was the story, I was interested in this girl. I wrote the wrong phone number down and never heard from her until a year later. So... So it's very lucky. It's very lucky that I'm married. Very lucky that I'm married. I remember it was Adelaide was weird for me as well because I just moved out of home and I can't remember if I told you guys this story a couple of weeks ago, but I'll tell you just in case. I just moved out of home. I went to go live with my with my dad, my little sister. I was 19. It was the first time I'd really been super interested in going out and chasing girls. I was interested in in running in high school. You know, and, and running never really won over the girls. As much as I as much as I thought me sprinting home that last hundred and twenty meters of a three thousand meter race in the interschool carnival was sexy, apparently <laughs> apparently there was no interest. It was so weird to me. It's like why are all the girls over there watching the football? Don't they know I'm about to kick kick past this bloke to dominate this three thousand meter race? And uh, it just it wasn't their thing. So 
So I got out of I got out of school and I thought, come on, Tosh, you're 19. Like you got to start showing a little bit more interest. So I started messaging these girls and uh, message not just out of the blue, not just random girls. There was there's a particular girl. Her name was Caitlin, and Caitlin uh, was was living not too far up in the Adelaide Hills, living quite close to to where my dad was. And and I remember there was a couple of years younger than me, but it was it was all okay, it was all legal, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Like, what's the what's the actual age gap? I don't <laughs> I don't know. I always know that guy from um, Paul is it Paul Walker? He was killed in a car accident a few years ago, like maybe eight years ago now. He's like super hand. I wish I looked. I wish I looked like him back then. Um, I want to say Paul Walker maybe. Apparently he had a sixteen year old girlfriend. I know that's not supposed to be legal, is it? I'm pretty sure. Google that. If I'm telling you the right name, Google Paul Walker, 16-year-old girlfriend. I'm sure, I'm sure that was a thing. But anyway, this girl, so so the reason I'm saying all that, I'm justifying because I think, I think I was 19, I think this girl was 16, maybe about to go 17. That's okay, isn't it? My grandma got married at 16 to my pa, who's 22 at the time. They're still married. Um, no one's asking questions anymore. I'm not sure if they were at the time. They probably should have been. That's that is a significant 22 is different to 19. But anyway, this this girl used to fire little text messages to me where I was like, "Oh, I'm out of my depth here." Like this is, this is like sometimes it would get she'd she'd send through some messages like, "Oh, that's a little, it's a little bit more, bit more sexual than I'm I'm used to." Like I I wasn't anticipate one second I've got to fix my computer. Um, I'm not quite used to that kind of conversation. That's a that's a strange experience to me, and. Uh, so I remember one time I went to respond to my friend back in Victoria just to go, hey, look, this is this is the message that she's just sent. Like, here's what I'm thinking about saying. Is, is that okay? Does it sound like I know what I'm talking about? Do I sound like I, I'm sort of in the, in the ballpark of what should be said in these situations? Anyway, sent it off, sent it to her. So I'm, <clears throat> I didn't, didn't hear from her again, uh, which, was, which was not the outcome. I, in fact, I was going for the very opposite to that outcome i didn't that wasn't what i was going for at all so it's i don't know it's just it's just lucky i'm married is is what i'm saying i had to I had, so okay i i had to reach over to my computer just a moment ago so i've got this i, I, I think i acknowledge that. i've got this little studio set up here trying to make it look pretty trying to make it look good if you're listening to it go over to youtube i'm going to upload it later and just just tell me hey tell me what i can improve about this setup because to me looking at myself on the camera right now this looks fantastic. I've got a little light set up here, the camera set up there. I've got my, my three rock stars there. Um, but over here, just I've got a little table, and on this table is is my my MacBook, my MacBook Air. So my MacBook Air, a few weeks ago, I was actually I was sitting down to edit a podcast, and uh, it was a really good podcast as well. So I just wanted to I wanted to sit down, I wanted to edit it, I wanted to post it, and just relax for the afternoon. Hey, a good a good hard day's work done. But I sat down with a hot cup of coffee, and as I sat down with this hot cup of coffee, I went to put it on the table, and it slipped out of my hands and directly over the keyboard. And this is like a it's like an eighteen hundred dollar computer, and all of a sudden it just it just switched off. Like there was there was no power, there was coffee everywhere, the keypad was smoking a little bit. So I quickly got my phone and googled how to save a computer with coffee all through it, and they said, hey, get a hairdryer and just just wave the hairdryer over it. Just give it a little, give it a little uh, hair dry, and and so I did. But I was so flustered, I just I quickly went to get the hair dryer to do it quickly. That when I did it, I didn't check to see if the actual hair dryer was on um was cool. So as a result, I started drying off the keys, and I started to smell like this burning, this burning plastic kind of a smell. And I looked down, all the keyboard is is now just bumpy. All the key, like the the different letters have melted. Some of them have, have amalgamated. Is that is that the right word? Amalgamated. I heard that a while ago. I think that's how it works. Some of them have become one, like the H and the J. They're they're fairly fused, which makes it frustrating when you're trying to type. But Every now and then, my computer, which is which is on right now, it just sort of switches off a little bit, or it looks as though it's about to go to sleep. So, anytime that ha if you see me doing this, if I'm doing that and ignoring you for a moment, it's because my computer here looks like it's about to turn off. So, uh, <clears throat> it's it, yeah, we've just ordered a new one, but you've got to be careful with these kind of computers because surely that's something. One of my favorite things to do is to sit down with a with a hot cup of coffee and to just do my work. Like surely Apple needs to consider. That being a problem, like I know they've got such a good product that that chances are people are going to go back to them regardless of of whether they've just destroyed it through hot coffee. But I felt I was thinking after it, I was like, man, surely there's a way that Apple could. Is there some kind of 
padding or is there some kind of plastic that you could put below the keyboard to make sure that coffee doesn't go into the really important parts of the computer because anyway now the reason i'm telling you all that is because now i'm just i'm sitting here and i'm i'm trying to uh, i'm trying to justify why i'm why i'm ignoring you uh so so, so I just, it was important. You wouldn't have even seen that happen if you're listening to this. So forgive that. Forgive that little bit of a rant. Forgive that little bit of a rant. But um, there's a fair bit going on down here at the moment still. Now I'm not going to get into COVID talk because we've we've talked about that the last couple of weeks. But but it's still a really interesting place to to be here in Victoria. And and I've had a couple of I've had a couple of really interesting experiences the last couple of weeks. I didn't have time to tell you last week, but I'll tell you today. So. So here in Victoria, uh, most pretty much pretty much gyms are still closed, and the reason for that is even though like uh, lockdown sort of started apparently I don't know, I can't keep up apparently started to, to fizzle away or started to like some of the some of the lockdown requirements have started to loosen up a bit because only five to ten people can go to a gym at a time. It means that. Uh, a lot of gyms have just decided, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go and do my own thing. I'm going to stay in business. I'm going to stay on welfare for, for the next couple of months and just enjoy not having to go to work. C- credit to them. Like if you're on a good paycheck for doing nothing, the government's allowing it, do it. But it means that I, I, can't, go to, I can't go to the gym. So I've been I've been going down just to my, my local park the last couple of weeks and I do like a body weight workout. So I alternate between some chin-ups, uh, I'll do some push-ups, I'll do some squats, like those pistol squats, um, <clears throat> a few little dips, a few little plyometric exercises just to keep the body guessing, a few stretches. And, and one of my favorite exercises to do is to, you grab the swing and the swings have like this metal, um, like the, the, what's the thing called? It's not a... Um, it's like a little latch that the, the the plastic part of the swing or the rubber part of the swing connects to the ropes that go up. I like to hold those middle parts, sort of lay down like this and pull myself up because it, it really works the top of your back. It feels really good. Uh, I just always feel like it really helps my posture. But working out at the park, especially in nice weather, you get some, I'm 34 years old and I'm at the park by myself. So you get some, you already feel like a creep, you know, you're looking at your, because I'm at that age now where if I haven't shaved for a couple of days, I'm old enough to look as though I, I, I'm old enough to look as though I could be in the territory of being a pedophile. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm not, like, I'm not interested. I'm not, I've got a wife. Um, and as I said before, 16 for me was, was questionable and I was 19 at the time. And now 16 doesn't even seem right anymore. So below that, I'm, I'm not at the park for that. I'm there to work out. I'm there to do my exercises. I just want to clarify. But but sometimes, you, like I go down to the park with, with that in my mind. Like I go down to the park with the expectation that some people are going to look at me quite creepy. And if, you, if I'm there with little Charlie boy, my boy, my son, I'll go down. It's no dramas because people are like, oh, he's just here with his son. But if you're there by yourself dressed up in questionable outfits, I like to train with my shirt off, which doesn't, <laughs> which probably doesn't help the situation. Actually, just saying that to you now, I realised I realized that actually could be a big part of my problem. Like if you're going to go and train at the park where kids are trying to play with their friends and you're just hovering because it's your two-minute break in between sets, but you've got your shirt off and you're just watching the kids play because there's nothing else to do in the meantime – that's a questionable look. All right, that's not going to happen again. Shirt is staying on. Ideally, we'll go down there with my son. But last week, shirt off, there by myself, packed playground. Parents over there, kids over here, myself over here as well, in amongst the kids. And there was a group of kids kind of hovering around the swing. And I was really keen to get, I wanted to get started on my back exercises. I was really keen to get going with that. Um, but I, I out of, out of respect for the kids, I didn't want to be that guy who just, I'm 34 years old. I shouldn't really be on the playground. I didn't want to get in the way of their fun. So I went over to a big group of kids, shirt off, pecs looking good. I just done a push-up set, you know, a little bit of a light sweat, um, maybe a bit of awkwardness about me based on the fact that these kids were eight. And I said, uh, I go, hey, guys, you mind if I use the swing? <laughs> what a dickhead. Do you mind if I use the swing? But it's... <clears throat> It's they didn't. They backed off. Actually, they actually they didn't really answer. Actually, they sort of just looked at each other and gave that that smile that I used to give to my friends that I thought my teachers would never notice. Which said, "This guy's a freak. This is quite an intimidating situation. How about we back off and pretend it's not happening?" And uh, and so they did. So I, I I took that as my ticket to use the swing to to do my back exercises. And I don't know. It's just 
it was a low point for me. <laughs> it was it was a real low point in my week to to reflect on that and go, wow, that was questionable, Tice. Maybe, how about you just go to the park at 6 p.m. when the kids have gone home, you know, when they're eating their dinner. Like, uh, why put yourself in a situation? I know the reason why. The reason why is because I want to be outside when the sun's shining. But the problem is the sun's shining. So families are like, well, our kids are all at home school at the moment. We've got to get them out of the house. Let's take them down to do this workout. And and so that's that's the problem. That's I'm too I'm vain. I'm too concerned on working on my tan. I'm too concerned on working on my pecs and making sure I don't lose shape till that gym opens up again. That that I had to do it. But maybe it's a sacrifice I'm going to need to make. But I did something when I was down there the other day as well, which I didn't even realize was controversial. Like I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm still not convinced it is controversial. But I got home and 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 my wife had been looking for the little portable speaker. You know the one that you attach your phone to and it just magnifies the sound, which is which is what speakers do. That's the very definition of a speaker, as far as I know. I probably didn't need to clarify that I took it to help magnify the sound. But so I went down there. I had my iPhone. I had my '70s rock playlist because. Like what? It's if you're gonna play music loud, you may as well play stuff that that makes you look like a boss. As you as you, if you've got Rolling Stones in the background, it sort of doesn't matter what you're doing. You look you look relatively cool, I think. Like that's what people look like in my mind. You, the the exception to that rule is you know when you get so emotionally involved in in a song and you just you hit you you sort of I don't know if it's dopamine that's being released, but you hit that flow state where. You just feel like you're the coolest person in the world. Like, is this? Does this happen to you? I'll sit in my car sometimes, driving along, get a playlist going. I just get in the flow of some good songs, and before I know, I've got this like little strut. I'm cruising along there, doing these ones. Wind the window down a little bit, so so people in other cars might get to experience uh, the joy of just being around a bloke as cool as me with music taste as relevant as as what mine is. But then you stop at a traffic light. And, and, and then some person who's just walking along with their family has also stopped at a traffic light. They haven't had that build-up of like the emotional build-up, the emotional excitement, just that strut nature of the playlist that you've been exposed to for the last half an hour. So they see you with this, and all they see is, this guy's obnoxious. That is to turn your music down and wind your window up. Like, <laughs> who do you think you are? I have this all the time. So whenever I stop at a pedestrian crossing now and you get that bloke who who nine times out of 10 would be me, but you get that bloke stop there pumping his music just louder than it needs to be. You can feel the bass kicking it. You can actually feel it in your foot, in your feet. I, I look at him, I go, mate, I, I get where you're at. Like, I, I understand your headspace. I know what I know what's happened. <laughs> like, I know what's happened. But it doesn't look as good as you think it does. And for me, it's, it's always in those moments where I go, okay, Tyson, no matter how good you think you look, because you're in the zone with your music. No matter how cool you think you are, no one has the context of your last half an hour of build up to this point to appreciate where you're at. It's not like you're all at a nightclub together, you've been having a good night, you're dancing, and a song that everyone loves that just lifts the mood of the whole place comes on and it just takes the night to a whole nother level. It's it's no no, you're you're obnoxious. I'm just trying to take my kids and my dog for a walk. And now they have to put up with, with this. And listen to that vulgar language. That's disgusting. And so and so I, I appreciate where they're coming from. Whenever I have that experience at the traffic light, I, I appreciate it. But I can't help myself when I'm there. So so I, I say that to, to give a little bit of a little bit of context to this. And um, so I took my I took my speaker down to the to the park because I thought, hey, what nicer way to do a workout than with that, that 70s rock music going? Took it down, got a few looks. I interpret because I was breaking a sweat. I was working hard. It was really inspiring to me. I was like, "This is this is an inspirational look." People are looking at me, going, "Well, he's not only getting his vitamin D intake, he's working on his fitness, he's working on his physique." And just by the way, what incredible music taste he has! And uh, I, I got a few looks. I'm going to be honest. Some of the looks that I had looked a little bit like I was being obnoxious. But I thought, Tyson, you're over, you're over analyzing it. You're looking too far into it. And and as a result of, of looking too far into it, you are you're not enjoying the experience. And so I, I sort of just let it go. I turned it up a couple of notches more, and I just kept working out. I was there for forty five minutes. Had a good crowd around. They weren't there for me, but I felt as though they might have at least appreciated my presence. Not because I'm anything special, but just because of my music taste, my beautiful physique, and my golden brown body. It's not. It's pale. But I could say that with a jumper on and this lighting because it, it looks half believable. Um, 
I got home and uh, my wife said to me, she said, babe, where's the, where's the portable speaker? I said, oh, I've just got it in my bag here. I just took it down to the park while I was doing my workout. And she's like, oh, you are such a flog. And I, I thought, hang on. Wait, first of all, I've been gone for an hour, like maybe just a little kiss and a cuddle, hello. And she's, she's just jumped out with a, you're a flog, which, which suggested to me that, that maybe some of those looks which I'd read as being obnoxious were in fact uh, suggesting I was being obnoxious. But I, I don't know. Like, is there an exception? Is there ever an exception to the rule where you can play music out loud? I personally don't like it when people do it at the beach. I don't like it when people do it at traffic lights. I personally don't. I reckon I probably, now that I'm saying all this, I don't think I would like it if I saw it at a playground either. All right, I've answered my own question. I don't need your comments. I don't know any of I was being a flog. I was <laughs> I was coming to you because I wanted to ask you guys your thoughts on that. I thought, have I have I overanalyzed? Have I overlooked? Have I have I read too far into it? And I've got to the end of that question and I thought, mm, no, okay. Question, it's quite clear. You're you're a flog. <laughs> you're, it won't happen again. If you're ever in Point Lonsdale, you see me doing it, come up and go, Tice, you promised me this wouldn't happen. You promised me. And I do enough stuff that makes me look like a flog. Like, it's magpie swooping season at the moment. And uh, if you're listening internationally and, and you don't... A magpie is an international bird or is that just Australian? I think they have American versions of them as well. Like, you guys in the States have, have way more intense birds than this. To look at, they're nothing. To look at, they're... Like, they, they, they sound beautiful, actually. Google magpie, magpie sounds. They sound beautiful. Like, if you saw a magpie on YouTube just making a beautiful sound, I've got one that comes out to my deck each morning, and I feed it oats from my hands. And it's very friendly. It always gives me, like, a little... It's not a yodel, which is what I was going to say. Um, and it's not a tweet, but it's somewhere between a tweet and a yodel. It's like he's, he's doing something with his throat just to express appreciation or requesting or requesting some other form of food that, that's not oats because he gets this every day of his life. But I always I always take it as like a, a, a sign of appreciation from this bird to me because truth is, I say, honestly, he can be as arrogant as he wants because I see him walking around like a little dickhead. In my, I've got a backyard here, which, which whenever I mow it, I don't know what it is about mowing it, but worms, is it does it make them more accessible? But what I wanted to say is if he's not eating oats, he's walking around my backyard and I watch him he does it for hours. He does it. He, I literally, I don't know how into productivity he is, but if he's a productive magpie, then then me feeding him should be, it's really a blessing, do you know, because I watch him out here. He, he has to search for 15 minutes. Sometimes he doesn't get a magpie. The other day I was sitting there watching him for 20 minutes and he was he was trying to get a worm. Did I just say he was trying to get a magpie? He's, he's, he's not like that. He's quite friendly to his other magpies that are in his territory, like magpies from outside his territory. He doesn't want to borrow. These are, they're quite vicious when they need to be. But um, but so they have a habit. This time of the year, what are we? It's September now. They have their little babies. They have their nest. And anyone who goes near them, they fly over the top of them and attack them with their with their feet. Like they, they go, they come down like this. And all of a sudden, say this is my head. It comes down. It goes, bang. It makes this weird click sound. And anyone who's been swooped by a magpie will know what I'm talking about because it's it's utterly terrifying <laughs> but especially when you've got no defense as i was i was talking to a bloke on a, a um he's a road cyclist years ago and this guy he's a psycho i i'm not endorsing this kind of behavior but i understand where it's coming from he was getting swooped so bad by a magpie that one day as the magpie was coming down he got his bike pump out and he smacked the magpie to death <laughs> which is i'm laughing because i feel as though me telling you that story makes my friends questionable. But if you're thinking that story is questionable, you've obviously never been swooped by a magpie in public because I would I would do anything to a magpie if it if it swooped me in public again and makes me do the things that I, that I do. So and, and and here's a little bit of context. Yeah I did I got swooped by a magpie this week. I was going for a run and I was about 4K into my run, still 5K from home. And I went, I, I started, like in the back of my mind, I started going through what I, I knew was questionable territory because there's a lot of overhanging trees. I could hear that mix between a tweet and a, and a yodel sound, which meant magpies were present. I also knew that they were going to be protecting their nest. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I zoned out for a minute and I heard that. They don't, <laughs> I'm the one making that. I'm just trying to explain how fast they're going. So they go, 
Okay, you can't do it without the sound. And you hear that, and all of a sudden, you start doing these ones. Honestly, if you've never seen someone be swooped by a bird before, Google that, um, YouTube that even. Because you run along, and you're trying, you don't want them to get your head. So you're running along doing this, like anything you can, just trying to protect yourself. And like sometimes it's, it's, completely, it's completely understandable if you find yourself in like fetal position on the floor, just waiting for them to get tired and fly away. I've been there, and I was there this week, but the worst thing happened was because whenever you go past someone and you see them doing that, you know what's going on. Like you know they're being swooped or you know there's a magpie in the vicinity. But when you're in the protection of your car and you have no fear about the magpie getting to, getting you, you don't care about this person's eyes. You don't care about their scalp. You don't care about their health. I couldn't really genuinely, if I don't know that person, true, if I'm being, I probably don't even care about their life, which is, so the idea of a magpie coming down to swoop, I couldn't care less about. Couldn't, it's the funny, I would pull over a car. Like if I was driving a car and I saw someone in that situation, I'd pull over to the side of the road, pretend that I've got to do something on my phone. Secretly, I'm there just to watch how they navigate. Because people, people have different tactics. Some people go and hide. Some people go and run for cover. Some people do that. This is my technique. I just showed you before. Like it's a, <laughs> I don't know. I'm an emotional guy and I just feel like that's what my emotion. I, I don't necessarily uh, have the forethought in that moment to go, all right, Tice, come up with a plan, escape the territory, get to a safe area. I just go, just get away from me. I just don't want to hear that click sound again. It's terrifying. I'll protect your babies. I'll keep feeding oats, whatever I have to do. So this week I was that guy. And, uh, I don't know, it's a really humbling experience because you know that there's people with a pretty similar mindset to me driving past who are just so enjoying the experience. But when you're in it, it's the most terrifying experience that you could that you could really that you could really ever have. And I've got a son now. I'm trying to the computer's just gone one sec. Computer's gone to sleep again. It's got a poppy seventy seven is my is my password. There we go, we're still on, we're good. I don't know why I just told you my password. You didn't need to hear that. That was me thinking out loud. Um but I was just telling you that so I've got a son now. So so for if my son ever saw me doing these ones because of a little bird which is this big coming down at pace, I'm gonna be honest, at pace and with confidence. It's the confidence that they come down with as well that makes it just as scary. They fly down so quickly, like they're they're not intimidated at all. Do you know that? I think Kevin Hart had a skit about it a while ago where he talked about how um, like you give them the budge, like you just, you give them the little, uh, you, you measure their confidence or whatever based on how hard you push it. I, I've, I've, I've mangled that story a little bit, but essentially what they do, they come down with so much confidence to try and say, bro, I'm not, I'm not afraid of you by any means. And th- their confidence sometimes tricks me psychologically to think you, they're not afraid. Do you know, they don't know what they're getting themselves into. They'll die for this, which which my mate with a, a, a bike pump proved. He lit- I'm not sure it was the outcome the magpie was, was sort of going for as he came down, like that would have been embarrassing if he would have had his little baby magpies up in his nest just watching go, oh dad, like just calm down mate, he's not, he's gone for a bike ride mate, like he's gone for a bloody bike ride and now you've lost your life because you wanted to, you wanted to clip his helmet, like good on, like how are we going to eat now, like, how are we supposed to eat, I can't even fly yet, I can't even fly yet. Oh, <clears throat> we used to have a uh, we used to have so I had a Maltese Shih Tzu I'm going to get back to that story about, about my son and, and this in a minute um, but uh, in my old house when I was growing up with my mum we used to have a, a, like these little birds and each year they would come into our backyard and they would make a little nest in the bush and they would just sit there very cute uh, you could see their little eggs from our lounge room window it was, it was beautiful to see I really enjoyed it and uh, we had a Maltese Shih Tzu who was who was she she did not give a crap. She was she she was not an aggressive dog because she was so small. She she couldn't really she couldn't really express her aggression well if she had any. Or if she did, she just looked like a Jack Russell who looked frustrated but no one really took seriously because it's like what are you gonna do? But these birds every year it was a it was a it was a panic thing for it was a panic thing? What was I saying? Oh no, every year these birds would come and it was it was sort of like a, a confidence booster for her because she would she would get flustered, she would panic and be like, Alright, I gotta I gotta protect my territory. But me and my mum were like, no, no, we've got to protect the birds. So one day my mum came home, she's like, Hey, I heard this really interesting fact about birds day. Apparently, if there's a bird in shock and you pick it up and you throw it up into the air that bird will, uh, it'll sort of come to its senses as it's in the middle of the air. It'll realize the situation that it's in and it'll start flapping and it'll fly away. 
And uh, I thought, hey, that is a fun fact. I YouTubed it, I looked into it, and it turned out to be true. Actually, in year nine, we had a bird that flew into our window at school. I went and got it, threw it up. The class was like, wow, Tyus, are you a vet? I'm like, no, just it's... It felt good. Is what it felt pretty good just to be known as the bird guy for ten minutes. I saved it. I'm not sure. I'm... Anyway, we learned this fact, and a couple of days later, we got home, and my little Maltese Shih Tzu dog, Finny, her name was innocent usually, had a bird in its mouth, and my mum said to me, "Tice, that bird's in shock." I said, "Look, mum, that bird is nearly dead." And she goes, "Tice, I, I think it's in shock." Now, your uncle Pete told me the other day that if we pick it up and we throw it up. In the air, it will come to its senses. It will start flapping and fly away. I go, first of all, that that's a baby bird. Like that bird's never flown before. My dog, our dog, got that from the net. She goes, well, we may as well give it a go. Look at look at it. <laughs> like what what could possibly get worse? I said, Mark, let's. I, I don't feel like it's a good idea. I just I don't want to experience what we're about to experience because I got a feeling that bird's going to go up. It's not going to realize what it's supposed to be doing up there because it's never been up that high before. It probably it might even be afraid of heights yet. Even its nest was quite low. You don't know. Mate, wouldn't that be terrifying? Like, imagine how frustrating it would be to be a bird that was afraid of heights. What a terrible life to live. I get you'd probably just turn into like an iris or a kiwi, wouldn't you? But I bet that's what it is. Evolution, evolution has kicked in there and it's just helped these birds. Maybe emus. Did they ever fly? I don't know. I don't know. They've got tiny little wings. They probably couldn't. Anyway, so my mum picked up this this little bird. It was, it, it was not going to work. She goes, all right, cross your fingers, Tice. We were out on the concrete. And she goes, all right. And she threw it up. And as it as it sort of reached, you know when something reaches the peak of its height, you see it almost seems to slow down. It goes, and then you're like, oh, it's at the peak. And you know, okay, if it's going to fly, now's the time to fly. So it's sort of this little this little bird, which was it was half dead, never flown in its life, this big. Do you know, it was it was enough to make a plop if it hit something. Went up in the air, it reached that point of no return, and me and Mum looked at each other like, "Come on, it's time to fly." I knew it wouldn't. It, all of a sudden, it just it came back down at such force, exploded on the concrete. Uh, even our dog, which was the cause of the original shock, looked at my mum like that was that was pretty that was pretty harsh. <laughs> You probably, you probably took it a bit far. You probably, you maybe pushed it. Yeah, that was, it was just violent is what it looked like. Like if you had a witness to that, it just, it, it looks, it looks more like, um, I don't know, it looked like a power move to me. Now my mum was a lovely lady. I don't think she was going for a power move, but this, this particular move looked like a power move. But anyway, I've got a love-hate relationship with birds and I, especially at the moment because the love-hate part comes in because they made me do this this week. I've got a son now who it's, it's really important to me that he, he sees me with with respect and it's there's a couple of th- so there's a couple of things that um, you've got to be careful of when you have when you have kids that I've never noticed especially at this age. So my, my little boy he looks at he looks at everything. He looks at everything he'll point and I'll say, oh that's the light. He'll point, I go, oh, it's a chair. He'll point, I go, it's a bird. I point, I go, it's mummy. He'll point, I go, oh, it's a, it's a floor, whatever. Like everything he points to. And we're a little bit, we're a little bit loose in this house. So we, um, we're happy to, we're happy to have a, a little bit of a play. So, uh, he'll, he'll point it, he'll point it. Mum, I go, hey, big fat woman, you know, but she's, <laughs> she's not. She looks fantastic. Have a look at my Instagram page. She's, it's for me. It's me trying to trigger Jesse to, to be a little bit self conscious, just because maybe, maybe that's something about me just having like a, what is it? Not a confidence, comp, superiority complex. Is that is that the right thing to say? Anyway, I don't I don't think it is. I think I'm just trying to tease her. But a couple of weeks ago, me and me and Charlie, we're walking we're walking down the road. Charlie, we're walking along the beach. It's our morning walk. Charlie's pointing at everything. Boom! I got a bird. Boom! There's some trees. Boom! That's the sand. Boom! That's the water. Oh, look, dog. Yeah, cool. Bang, 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 bang. Anyway, these 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 girls came past and and they'd just been for a swim. They had a bikini on. They were just strutting along, enjoying the sunshine. Why wouldn't they? Charlie's doing boom, 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 boom. Now, Charlie points that. I go, ah, boobies. Like, <laughs> which, I, I said it at a volume, which is, which is, I said it like it was nothing. I said it like we would say if we're at home. So if you're at home and Jessie came out with her boobies out, which doesn't happen all that much. I'm trying to work on it a little bit. She was doing it heaps when she was when she was had her breast pump, like because she needed. But it, it's not the same. Like if your wife get if your wife gets her boobs out just because they've got a 
do the breast pump. There's nothing attractive about that. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I don't say that to be rude to, to those of you who are doing it. Even hucker pumps. Anything that magnifies the size of a nipple isn't, I don't know, it's just, and, and, and those, those little milk pumps, I don't know what they're called, they really, they really get in there. But that's, a, that's another topic. Jessie won't be happy I've spoken about that. I might have to, doesn't, she doesn't listen anyway, so it's just between us, don't tell her. It doesn't matter. If she doesn't know, it's, it's cool. So in our household, those kind of comments are, are acceptable. Not, not about breast pumps and nipple size and stuff like that, but, but if Charlie pointed to that, I'd say it. But you've, you've got you've to learn. It's really important that you learn to monitor yourself, isn't it? You can't be, you can't be walking past strangers and when your son points points to them in the bikini, I don't even know if he was pointing to what I said. That was just what I noticed, which is probably the worst thing. You know, I got a lot of I got a lot of spiritual work to. Maybe I'm just a male. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just being honest. Maybe every male has that experience. Like I know. Well, the truth is, I've got I've got some mates who would probably admit that that is the truth. But I wasn't I wasn't doing it to be obnoxious. I wasn't doing it to be rude. I wasn't even trying to be sexual. I wasn't trying to. It was it was just literally boom. He pointed. I looked up. I saw. I saw what I saw. Okay, and I I just let Charlie know what was going on there. He'll understand in a few years. He'll understand how inappropriate his dad was in that moment. But uh, that that's where. I, and I I don't want to raise a kid who's so. I don't want to raise a kid who's soft. There's so many little bitches out there at the moment. You know what I mean? There's so many little bitches who delete you off Instagram or Facebook because they disagree with your opinion. I don't want a kid like that. I want a kid who's a little bit solid. But there's a there's a fine line between. There's a fine line between letting, like, having a kid who, who is tough and like really well adjusted and 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 really well formed and has a lot of confidence about him, and and just a, a, having a kid who's experiencing child abuse. And I say I say that because part of the way I try and show him love is is through wrestling. Now I haven't been in a whole heap of wrestling in my life. I haven't done a whole heap of fighting, but I know it feels good to have the other person in a position of powerlessness. You know, and my kid he's just gone one. So at the moment I've got him. Like he can't. Even if, honestly, even if he had the best day of his life, even if everything came together for him and he landed the ultimate punch in the middle of my face, it probably wouldn't even hurt that much. I'd be like, wow, that's a good, that's a good punch. But, but what I've got to be careful of is I'll, I'll get him in like a body hold or choker hold or arm lock that I've been practicing lately. I spoke to you about that last week. Arm lock, whatever, leg lock. I've been doing all these. He's good to practice on because he can't really resist. Um... So, so I leave with confidence in like, oh, my training's really getting better. And he leaves going, well, my dad's so brave and strong. Uh, but I get this idea that the Victorian government, if they saw that, would leave thinking this, this guy should maybe, maybe be in jail. So I'm, I'm trying to find that middle ground between having a son who's not a bitch and having a son who's strong. And, and I guess what I'm essentially asking is, do you have any tips? <laughs> it's really hard to navigate. Because sometimes Jessie will be there watching, and she'll go, um, she'll go, babe, maybe, maybe back it off a little bit now. Like you're gone, you're gone quite hard. I go, sweetie, what? He hasn't tapped <laughs> until he taps. Until he taps, we're not. I'm not. I'm not moving. Anyway, this is um, it's so this this part of town that we're in. I sort of, I sort of touched on it like the last couple of weeks. It's a. I think we're apparently the most vaccinated place in. And I'm not going into a COVID talk. Don't worry. We're not. I'm not going into a COVID talk. I just. I, it just came to my mind. Vaccination in this town. Apparently, we're the most vaccinated place in in Victoria. Maybe Australia. Like the average age down here, old guess is is maybe 65, 70. There's a lot of retirees. It's around that age where, um, if you're going to die of COVID or if you're going to get really pumped by it, you. you you probably should just get the vaccine, apparently. So these guys, it's it's that age. So there's a lot of old Melbourne money. There's a lot of people coming down here just to get out of the hustle and bustle. They'll not buy a nice place down here. And as a result, like there's some beautiful houses, there's some there's some beautiful cars. You drive around, you go, man, these people are these people are living in style a little bit. And the good news with that is each year they have a bulk rubbish collection. Well, it's good for my wife. But each year they have this bulk rubbish collection where if you drive around, you can you can find some genuinely amazing stuff. So my my wife and a couple of her friends, just when we got down here in December, I think it was, they go around, they start looking for for all this bulk rubbish. I found a chicken pen. I I took it. What I'm about to tell you makes me think I probably shouldn't have taken it because I'm not a big fan of I'm not a big fan of all things bulk rubbish. Like if you can get yourself a good quality bulk rubbish item, go for it. 
Like if it's a nice bookshelf, you can make it look rustic, you can make it look good. I hate it when people bring back bull crap. You know when they just bring back rubbish that that you just it, you know it's going to be in the bin the next couple of months. But it's it's hard to make that decision, isn't it? When you're driving past something which looks semi-okay, you go, "Oh, like that creative part of your brain kicks in and goes, I could I could do something with that. I could do something." And as a result, you put it in your shed. And you wait for that moment that you're going to start doing something with it. And that moment, it just never, it never, ever really, never really comes. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was so embarrassed. My, my wife came home with a, I wish I could show, maybe I could. One sec. Let me see. Oh, I can't. It's, it's in the other room. I've got a cupboard there that I thought it might have been kept in. But um, my wife came home with this. It's, it's massive. It is a massive suitcase. And it was like made of a really hard, black, shiny material. It looked as though when it was purchased, it was a really high quality suitcase. To be honest, it still looked better quality than the suitcase that my wife had, but she didn't have the car. And we lived about a K and a half from where I knew she picked this suitcase up from. And I, I walked out the front of my house and I saw her down the road just wheeling this, just this massive, massive suitcase which had scratches it had stickers and i could just i could see the joy in her face which absolutely it disgusted me i was so disappointed in the fact that she was so excited about this because it meant that it was going to be more difficult for me to try and convince her to throw it in the bin immediately and uh jesse's found herself in this in this little rut of bringing home things we don't need like the other day, she bought home a, she bought home that suitcase, but she's also bought home a little yellow chair, which is apparently a kid's chair. It is disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. This chair that she's bought home, it serves no purpose. We did not need it. We did not want it. Charlie never asked for it. I would never look at it and think, oh, that'd be a really good toy to bring home for for Charlie. Uh, and yet she bought it home, and it's that it's that little smile that pops up on her face. When she has an item, I think it's I think it's something about just getting something for free, isn't it? Like if you is that is that what the appeal is? Like any of you bulk rubbishers out there, can you let me know what the actual appeal is? Because I understand, as I said, if it's magnificent and it looks new and they're getting rid of it and it's a genuine bargain, it's a bargain because it's free. But if it's a bargain and it's actually good quality, okay, take it. But is there something? I reckon there's a dopamine, or there's an emotion, or a hormone, or something released when we see something for free that our brain said, "No, no, get it. Like you're gonna make it work. There's there's gonna be something you can do with it." I I haven't quite experienced it yet. I don't think I've ever ever got something from bulk rubbish where I'm like, "That was a really good. That was a really good get." Like twelve months later, I don't think there's ever been anything where I was like, that's a, that's a really good get. Maybe I'm just being cynical. It's weird. I'm at that age now where if you're not careful, you can get a little bit cynical. I'm 34 years old. 34 is old enough to have, you've had a couple of wins, you've had a couple of losses, you've had a couple of goals that you haven't quite reached yet. Um, you start to see that not every single thing that you ever commit to is just going to work out perfectly. And a lot of people do start going through that cynical mindset, don't they? It's like, oh, okay, well, I guess this is just life. I guess this is just what we're going through. I guess this is just just the way it is. It's easy to fall into that trap. Maybe, I hope that's not what it is, but I don't, I think even 10 year old me would have looked at bulk rubbish and been like, what are you doing? It's eight bucks at Kmart, just go and buy it new. <laughs> eight bucks at Kmart, just go buy it new. But the brain suggests that, hey, it's free, you probably need it. It's interesting trying to remain uncynical as you get older as well. Like I think there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a lot of it's perspective. A lot of it's perspective. Like every single person over the age of, far out, probably, I think as soon as you're born, like you're born into a world of, this sounds harsh and I don't mean it to sound negative, but you're born into a world where, born into a world where disappointment is, it's, it's, it's going to happen at some stage. Like you have to experience it surely. Um, but it's about perspective. It's the way you choose to look at it, isn't it? Because you can, that's what I love about stand-up comedy. You can have the worst night of your life, which happens more than I like to admit. You have the worst night of your life up on stage. You get off stage, you drive home, you listen to the tape. It's just as bad as you thought. You're like, oh my God, why did I put myself through that? That is so embarrassing. Like what I thought I said, I didn't say. I stumbled. I, I abused the person in the front row. They were a lovely person. They were just out for a good night out. I almost made them cry. Like, <laughs> so, but then 
you can look at it and go, okay, I'm hopeless at stand-up comedy. Or the flip side of that is you can look at it and go, all right, like what do I need to improve? And I think that's the attitude that I'm trying to bring to everything, regardless of what it is. And the hardest part is acknowledging, okay, I'm rubbish at this, I suck at this, I'm trying to improve, I need to improve. Um, that's the hardest part. But once you acknowledge it, it's almost giving you a bit of a foundation, a bit of a platform to go, okay, well, how do I improve it? What do I adjust? What do I change? What do we do? You know what I mean? So that's, that's, I guess I'm just trying to finish on a bit of a high. I'm trying to say, hey, if you're going through a bit of a hard time, you don't need to get yourself all beat up. You don't need to give yourself, uh, you don't need to become cynical and downcast and flat and upset because something that you tried to do didn't quite work out. Hey, figure out why it didn't work out. Are you in the wrong scene? Do you need to make some adjustments? I don't know. There's always ways to work through it. Anyway, the, I can say that with confidence because regardless of, of what scene that you're in, you're gonna have you're gonna have these down moments. For me, my I've been doing day trading for the last twelve months. I'm, I've just gone into a live account, and they say that the most important part of being a good day trader is making sure that when you day trade, you're not emotional. You're looking for clear setups. You're looking for clear patterns. You're looking for something which suggests. This is a good trade to get into because as soon as emotion kicks in, as soon as you start to feel like, oh, is this actually going to work? Is this like maybe I've over? Maybe, uh, you can't think straight. You get flustered. You get confused. You get upset. You get worried, and always you start getting irrational. So they say, hey, you want to be a good day trader? Remove the emotion from your trading. So this is my little thing at the moment. I need to. I've been trying to learn how to remove the emotion from my trading because. I'll be looking at the charts. I'll be looking at what's going on. I'll be paying really close attention to, okay, like I, I think I can see this looks like a bull flag setup. We've got the consolidation period here. The volume's dropped down a little bit. I'm waiting for a slight spike in that volume as long as it's not overextended. Look at it. This is my logical brain. It makes perfect sense. Well, to anyone who's in the day trading scene, hopefully, I'm still learning. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe that's my problem. But then all of a sudden, the price of the stock will dip a little bit. And my brain goes, should never have taken up day trading. What am I doing? And I exit and I've lost 12 bucks and all of a sudden, that just bounces back, I would have been $15 in the profit. So what I'm saying is, hey, don't let emotions run your life, all right? This is a message to myself, from myself, but also hopefully it's helpful to you as well. But anyway, I've been talking for an hour, which is too long to talk to. If you're still listening, why? <laughs> I'm so grateful that you are. Hey, give me tips on this uh, this studio setup as well. If you if you can't see it and you want to check it out, go to uh, my YouTube page. I'm going to upload this soon, and it's called... Um, my YouTube page is called Tyson Poppleson. It's got no public videos. This should be the first one. I want to know what you think. Anyway, guys, much love to you all. Thank you for being here. Really appreciate the support. And uh, I'll see you all same time next week. Mwah.